You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. That's a three-pointer. Balamute from downtown. Hard with the lead of Capella finishes. Mark, their, their chemistry has been spectacular. There's Gordon for three. And there's Paul, who had the space and drilled another three for the Rockets. Snaps it outside to Gordon. And hits it Tom Thibodeau calls for time. Uh, that is uh, the Timberwolves' uh, previous meeting with the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. It, it occurred on, uh, where did I write it down? It I was the it was day. January 8th or something? It was the day that Harden returned from missing seven games. Uh, James Harden had been out for seven games with an injury. He came back for that game versus the Timberwolves. Who uh, the Timberwolves are now playing the Rockets tonight at Target Center with a 13-game home winning streak. Harden came back after January missing 18th seven. It was, January right? 18th, he came back after missing seven games, went three for 15, <laughs> and scored 10 points. And the Rockets defeated the Wolves 116 to 98. It was <laughs> it was Harden's lowest point total of the season. Now since then. The Rockets have won eight in a row, and they're twelve and one since Harden came back. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you is, the 13-game home winning streak could be in a little jeopardy this evening against this club. Yes, it could be. I mean, the Rockets are they they let the three ball fly, and they do a lot of switching. They they put you in a position where you are backpedaling defensively because you don't know if Paul and Harden are going to attack the rim or if they're going to pull it back and shoot a three. I mean, they're they're almost unstoppable, and uh, and our boys uh, have uh, found uh, stopping uh, three point teams rather difficult. Yes. Anyway, the Rockets, uh, the Golden State's having a little trouble. The Rockets are forty two and thirteen. The Warriors are forty four and thirteen. So, uh, the Warriors are playing, you know, just kind of discombobulated lately to the point that Steve Kerr had them <laughs> coach themselves last yes. night, right? Yeah, he, he did. basically had Curry and uh, and uh, Draymond Green and uh, and uh, Durant run the huddle, right? Yeah, look, well, it looked like he handed a clipboard to uh, Andre Iguodala too, and he yeah, was Iguodala up some too, stuff. Yeah. yeah, and uh, had the uh, and he was uh, disgusted with them uh, the way they'd been playing lately, so he let them coach themselves. I forgot <laughs> to look; they won, I presume. Huh? Yeah, well, they were playing Phoenix. I mean, yeah, that's, right. That's that's that's, that's your punishment. For, yes. for not playing well. Steve Kerr is going to make you coach yourselves against, against Phoenix. the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. 
who uh, have uh, now have the uh, second worst record in the NBA and the largest number of much largest amount of defeat. Uh, they lose by an average of eight point nine points. But Houston tonight, Harden is unbelievable in those uh, thirteen games since he came back. It includes a sixty pointer on October on January thirty first at Orlando and. That was the one game in this stretch that Paul didn't play. They, I don't know if he was hurt or they just gave him a night's rest. But he didn't play the game, so Harden got 60. And a triple-double. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and he got 11 assists and 10 points. Did you? Uh, we're going uh, to honor him later. He's never won the NBA t- MVP title. No, but he, later he was today, last year to, to Later today he will get an award that uh, it certainly equals that. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, leave it for a little later. But uh, there's a bunch of hardened stuff. But uh, I did Oklahoma City have any idea what they were giving up after the day? I know they had to make a decision. They yeah. couldn't keep Westbrook, Durant, and uh, Harden, uh, and they weren't getting Harden enough shots. And he was their sixth man, actually. Yeah. Did they have any idea what they were giving up? Boy, the Houston, give them credit, man. They yeah. got this guy, and wow, is yeah. he something. Daryl Morey, he's he's the GM of the Rockets. He's been their GM for almost a decade now, and, and he's, a, you know, he's a big analytics guy, and he likes the numbers, and made that trade for Harden. And they gave up Kevin Martin and um, Jeremy Lamb and something else, too, for James Harden. It's worked Oof. out perfectly for them. Not uh, so uh, they got Kevin Martin, huh? Yeah. Well, those poor devils. And then he ended up here, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah well, that, that didn't work out too good for Oklahoma City, that's for sure. Especially if they should have gotten Durant to sign in blood that he wasn't going to leave them if they traded Harden, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. On, uh, but they're uh, they're fun to watch, that's for sure. And uh, Harden, uh, this is, I think he's the front runner right now, isn't he? Him or LeBron? Yeah, no, I, not I, him now because LeBron's team went to hell. So, yeah, I mean LeBron was playing great early, but uh, Cleveland is is not. But I I gotta think Harden. They kind of I I think a lot of people feel like they owe Harden an MVP from last year, right? Yeah, they do, and and I think just the way he's playing. I mean they they're they. I mean you know you got Chris Paul there too, but the way yeah. Harden is playing and the way they look when he's out there is uh, it's incredible. He led the NBA in assists uh, a couple of years ago. Do you know that? He led, uh, I don't know, last, la- last, year. last year. Yeah, 907 yeah. assists last year. That was the first year he played point guard, right? That yep. was the first year they yeah, said, Tony here. just gave him the ball and just said, here, yeah, you run take, the show. Take the ball and do whatever you want to do. So it's uh, it has been uh, fantastic. And uh, tonight, the uh, everybody in town is playing the Wild. I have been informed the Wild are playing the New York Rangers uh, unfortunately, I look. I just looked in the computer, and what popped up on the schedule was Capitals, but they jumped ahead to a Thursday night game. Uh, but the Rangers are in town in St. Paul. They'll have their usual uh, 19,000 for the Rangers. Uh, the Timberwolves, I would think, are close to sold out tonight I'm with a 13-game home winning streak and uh, one of the best and, teams and, in the league and, coming to and town. Yeah. One of the best shows in the uh, league coming to town. And then the uh, Gophers home with Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State up to number two in the country. Uh, right in the middle of the crisis that's taking place at Michigan State uh, uh, with because of doctor the uh, the treacherous doctor at Nasir. Uh, they've won eight in a row. 
and uh, starting to play their best. Uh, they were they were floundering around there even when they were winning about uh, two weeks ago, but lately they've been playing great, and they won at Purdue uh, most recently. So good luck to our fighting golfs, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, going to be uh, that's going to be because this team will muscle you inside and take the ball to the basket and do all all that kind of good stuff. I got a question for you, Manny. Okay. Virginia loses at home to Virginia Tech and still ends up number one in the rankings. How did that what, happen? What was the final score? Thirty-eight to thirty-three. Well, it was terrible. I watched. <laughs> I actually I was fixated on how rotten it was to watch. It was because what. You know, there's no doubt that Virginia guards the hell out of you, but they couldn't make a shot. It was just brick after brick, and they lost it home to Virginia Tech, and then they end up, uh, then they end up going up to number one. I don't quite get that. Yeah, that's because it was Saturday. Saturday. I mean, it was Saturday night or Sunday. It was before the votes went in, so I guess they they don't really have a number one team right now. So they decided to put. Uh, them up there ahead of Michigan State. Buzz is, uh, Buzz is coaching at Virginia Tech. Isn't yeah, that, that was a nice yeah. win for them. They, uh, you know, they they actually got kind of threw it away, went into overtime, and then uh, won it in overtime, which was kind of a miracle because it looked like they were going to give it away to Virginia. But... Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So 61-60, Virginia Tech had 16 points in the second half and 12 points in overtime. Yeah, oh it was <laughs> it was ugly. They almost scored as many points in overtime as they did in the entire second. Well, West half. Virginia but Virginia had to shoot about 30%, 35%. They were they had open threes and they were just throwing one rock right after yeah. another. It was uh it was not uh, I couldn't quite figure out uh, but Michigan State's number 2 right now and you know we, I, I got a hunch that our fans aren't quite as fired up for the visit by number two as they thought they were going to be a month ago, right? I don't think so. Huh? Uh, so. I think it's okay. going to be tough tonight. All right. Hey, uh, the Cleveland Indians uh, had a 2-0 lead. In the, they won 102 games last year. They had a 2-0 lead in the uh, division series against the Yankees. Lost the last three. Uh, they're about to report to uh, spring training in Arizona. And uh, we got some other issue, uh, things going on with the uh, Indians, the favorites to win the AL East. And it was an opportunity to talk to our friend Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Indians. And we'll be talking to Tommy when we get back. Tom Hamilton is the radio voice of the Cleveland Indians. Spring training is already starting, Tom. Uh, it's early this year, man. Yeah, how are you, Patrick? I am you recovered good. from the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what, your city did a great job. Yeah, we uh, the weather got a little uh, nasty over the weekend, but uh, people really showed up for the downtown yeah. stuff they had going on, the zip line over the water and the <laughs> concerts on the mall, and it was amazing how many people came downtown and had a good time. Well, it's a great area, and uh, you folks did a great job. Yeah, I... You know, it's going to be, wait till we have uh, that goofy, oh, whatever they call it, international World, baseball. World baseball World classic. classic. Wow, what yeah. are we going to do then? Cause well, they, uh... well, spring training starting in January, Patrick. But, <laughs> you know, with the new CBA, this year's yes. the first year that uh, it goes into effect. There are four more off days during the regular season, and so that's why our season is starting in March, and thus spring training is a week earlier, and you know, I know it's that way in Minneapolis, and it's that way in Cleveland, and of course Milwaukee's got the dome. But you know, whether you start the end of March or the first week in April, I don't know if it 
it matters much. I just wish we played our playoff games maybe a little bit earlier so yes. the weather wouldn't impact them. <laughs> but I think we better get used to it, Patrick. Hey, Tommy, uh, the, uh, when do the Indians play their – I think we play our first home game April 1. Uh, when do the Indians play their first home game? Yeah, we caught a break April 6th. I mean, okay. we are opening in Seattle and, um, and then go to Anaheim. So, you know, training out in Arizona – to be able to knock off a West Coast trip like that right out of spring training and, in essence, know you're going to play all six games. I can't imagine whether it'd be a factor in Anaheim either. So, you know, Indians caught a break. Their, their opener is not until that uh, Friday, April 6th. So, but, again, who knows weather-wise. Yeah. You know, sometimes March at the end of March is better than April. The uh, maybe the schedule makers remembered the lake effect snow that wiped out your first two weeks in Cleveland a few years ago. So I don't think they have because we still play teams in April that come to town one time, and it's like if it if it makes sense, then we're not going to do it when it comes to the schedule. Hey, uh, Tom, uh, a surprising news today. The great Jerry Howarth, of the voice of the Blue Jays, has uh, announced that he's uh, retiring. He said he's having some uh, trouble with his voice, and he doesn't. He is, uh, I have discovered him in the last three, four years with satellite radio because a lot of the Blue Jays games are on Saturday afternoons, and sure. uh, he's just a terrific guy. It's, uh, it's, uh, I'm sure it's a big loss for the Blue Jays up there. Yeah, it really is. You know, they've had... Um... Um, two incredible radio play-by-play guys. I mean, oh, yeah. the late great Tom Cheek, who's in the Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, was you know their inaugural voice. And I I don't know if anyone's ever made a better call in a baseball game than he made on Joe Carter's World yes. Series winning <laughs> home run against Philadelphia. And um, you know, he passed away much too soon due to you know a brain tumor. And now Jerry. You know, I know he was fighting it last year. When we played them, he was coming off that virus and had been off the air for a couple of weeks and didn't realize that, you know, his voice had not gotten any better because he had planned on coming back. So I think it, uh, you know, we always get those reminders in life that, you know, we're all very fortunate to have this job and it can be taken away in the blink of an eye. Tom Hamilton's with us, so uh, we got the same uh, problem uh, with Michael Brantley going into training, spring training. They don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. Uh, ankle surgery this time. Yeah, you know, he just can't seem to catch a break. And unfortunately, you know, at his age, he's not even old, Patrick. I mean, at his age, these have been devastating injuries. You know, he, he missed the one year basically with the shoulder and then came back last year and played so well that he made the American League All-Star team and, and hardly played at all after the All-Star break and finally had to have that surgery in the offseason. So, you know, the other problem with that too, Patrick, is at some point I'm sure Michael's going to be fine and whether he starts the regular season on time I don't know until I get down to Phoenix. But, you know, you're talking now about two, three years in a row Yep. where he's not able to get ready for a season in the off season, He's rehabbing instead of training. And, you know, eventually that catches up to a player as well. So uh, what's uh, now Kipnis, they uh, went with the big experiment last year and played him in the outfield <laughs> in the playoffs. Uh, they don't 
they like Jose at second, but uh, do they really want to play? What What are they going to do? Uh, they don't really have a third baseman right now, so it would seem that uh, Kipnis at second and Ramirez at third could yeah, exactly, be less Patrick. complicated, you know. Yeah, and you know what? Um, people here in Cleveland really get down on on Jason last year, and, and he basically was hurt from day one in spring yeah. training with a shoulder, and it just impacted his entire year. And, yeah, he really has a chip on his shoulder in visiting with him when they were in town for the <laughs> fan fest. And, um, you know, he heard the trade rumors and whatnot, and people forget how good a player he is when he's healthy. I mean, in 2016, he had 20-some homers and, you know, mid-80s in RBIs and had two home runs in uh, the World Series and, and had a great fall. So, you know, at what he is being paid and with the Indians – in a financial situation that they can't really add payroll and you can't trade him coming off that kind of a year, he'll be back at second base and Ramirez will be back at third. And while Jose Ramirez is a better second baseman, this is a better ball club with Kipnis healthy at second, Ramirez at third. I mean, that's the infield you had that took you to game seven of the World Series. So I don't think it's as big a deal as some people have made, Patrick. I mean, at at the end of the day, you have to have your best players out there, and this is a better team when Kipnis is healthy and in that lineup. And really, last year, the only reason he was in the outfield in postseason, Patrick, was, you know, you had the injuries to Chisinau and Brantley. It was a banged-up ball club going into the playoffs, and you were trying to almost fit, you know, square pegs into a round hole to make it go. Yeah, well, uh, it was an amazing. Kipnis is a hitting son of a gun when he's playing yep. and he's feeling good. There's no doubt about it. Forty-two and eight to finish the season last year. Uh, one of the great runs of all time, of course. Twenty-two in a row, an American League record. Uh, and it uh, kind of left everybody, I suppose, with an empty feeling when yep. you had the two-zero lead against the Yankees and then get beat. Yeah, I mean, it just. Um... You win like they did, as you, you yeah. said in the numbers. I mean, we started the All-Star, our second half of the All-Star break, losing uh, on a West Coast trip five out of six and came yes. home three games over 500, and the Twins were right at the heels of the Indians yes. until that incredible surge. But, you know, Patrick, if, if we'd have known that Kluber was not healthy going into the playoffs, yeah then I would have said, well, we'll be lucky to win two games because you can't be in a short series with a team like the Yankees and their bullpen. The thing about a five-game series, the depth of a bullpen really comes into play because you're never going to play more than two games in a row without an off day. And that allowed the Yankees to go to their bullpen basically from the third inning on. And without Kluber being healthy, Patrick, um, you know, the Indians weren't able to survive, and even if they'd gotten by New York, they weren't going to beat Houston without a healthy ball club. They were they were too good last year at that point. Hey, what, uh, Kluber, uh, he's good. He's going to be good yep. spring training. I would imagine they might want to keep the inning load down a little bit if you figure you're going to be going in in October, especially with the number of pitchers they have. They could, they could use six when they want to in the middle of the summer. Yeah, and, you know, they, they were pretty careful with that. They always have been. You know, they've been very judicious in that regard. And, and, you know, I think that's the beauty of a guy like Terry Francona that has won a couple of World Series. You know, he realizes some days you have to lose the battle to win the war eventually. And Kluber had missed, you know, a month of last year, Patrick, early in the year 
when he had the the bad back. Yes. And so, you know, his inning load wasn't too bad. It just he picked the wrong time, you know, to come up with an injury and you know, that that's baseball. That's why, you know, the year before the Indians lose two starters going into the playoffs and then Bauer decides to play with his drone and you're down to two starting <laughs> And somehow you get to Game 7 of the World Series. I think the beauty of our sport, Patrick, and, and you've seen it with Minnesota. I, I think of 87 with the Twins. Sure. Who in the world thought that team would win the World Series? But yeah, you Detroit get was, at the right uh... time, you have a couple of pitchers that can carry a ball club, and goofy things happen in October, and that's why the playoffs are so unpredictable and also so much fun. They uh, would be nice to get Salazar healthy, man. When that when well, that guy is pitching good, that arm that is no chance stuff he throws. Yeah, but we've been saying that every year, Patrick. Yeah. And I I think it's going to be interesting. I think the one thing to watch, you know, for the people that the Indians lost this off season as far as free agency, I think the biggest loss is Brian Shaw out yeah. of that bullpen and the big outs that he got before you had to go to Andrew Miller and and Cody Allen. People don't appreciate guys like Brian Shaw until they're not there, and all of a sudden you can't get to Miller and Allen because the guy before them couldn't get the job done and and lost the lead. I would never be surprised, and no one has said it. I'm just speculating here, but to your point, the one thing the Indians have is depth in the rotation. The one thing Danny Salazar has proven, he can't he can't take the ball every five days for 32 starts at least he hasn't to this point he might be a guy that you put in that back end of the bullpen and let him go out there and blow people away for a couple of innings and we'll see i'm not saying it'll happen but i think it's something that certainly the indians are considering and and we'll see how things shake out in spring training uh, they had to let Carlos Santana go for financial reasons. They've replaced him with Yonder Alonso. Uh, that's kind of a flyer compared to yep. uh, having Carlos in there getting on base as often as he got on base. Yeah, and the power. And, um, unfortunately, you know, it takes one team, and that one team was Philadelphia. I don't think anybody thought Carlos Santana was going to get twenty million a year for three years. That's what the Indians gave Edwin Encarnacion the year yeah. before. And, um, you know, this ball club's not going to be able to have that kind of back-to-back guys in your lineup making $20 million a year. Um, you know, the team still was 22nd in attendance, Patrick, and yeah. that's a little puzzling. But I, I didn't think that Santana would get $20 million a year. Now, it's only a three-year deal, but good for Carlos. And, you know, the Indians will miss him, and I, I don't think the Twins will miss seeing him. I don't know why, but... For one reason or the other, he could hit and target field almost like <laughs> no one else I've seen for the Indians. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, th- that's the problem. When you start winning, you know, and guys start getting to their free agent years, it, it's hard for markets the size of Minnesota and Cleveland to keep that entire group together year in and year out. Hey, Tom, thanks. And I'm down here at uh, Hammond Stadium in Fort Myers watching George Toma drag the infield. The he's world's, still doing it, huh? He's still doing it. He's got calves on him like an NFL player. It's unbelievable. He'll be going another hour here. It's unbelievable. Oh, my. There's hope for us old guys, man. Well, while he drags the infield for you, Patrick, I'm going to go out and shovel the driveway. So. <laughs> okay, sir. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Patrick.
All right, uh, the great Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Cleveland Indians. Another guy you can find on the radio once in a while on a Saturday afternoon who is uh, fantastic. We shall return. See what Johnny Hyde has to say for himself. Here is Johnny Height with your Olympic update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by KFC. If you like sharing and eating fried chicken, then KFC's $10 chicken share is perfect for you. Grab a friend and get to what you like. Uh, get to doing what you like doing. KFC, it's finger licking good. John, I don't, I don't like sharing, but I love fried chicken. <laughs> okay. At the Olympics, Chloe Kim's only competition for gold was herself. After she bested her gold medal winning run on her last trip down the pipe, Ariel Gold earned the bronze for Team USA. They took the uh, the two uh, medals. So she already had it won, and she was just showing off. That's correct, okay. yes. All right. U.S. women hockey team moved to 2-0 in Olympic play. They beat the Olympic athletes from Russia team. Okay. They're replaying it right now, Pat. It was on live this morning, and let mm-hmm. me tell you, it's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters play the Washington Generals. <laughs> it is hilarious. U.S. won How five bad we beat them? Five zip. And is this where the Lamarugu girl got two goals in six seconds? <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. One of, them got, one of Jocelyn, I think, got two goals in six seconds. Yeah, both of those girls are superstars. Wow. Are yeah. You? They're getting a little age on them now, too. Yeah, this might be their going. last, huh? Could be. I don't know that Grandma Wickenheiser at uh, Canada played until she was about 52 on that Canadian <laughs> Olympic thing. Doug Wickenheiser's sister played for 40 years. Just hang out in the crease. Yeah. Pass it to me. Just pass it. <laughs> Elbow you in the jaw and shoot her in the pocket. Shoot her in the I'll be down here. <laughs> USA goalie Nicole Hensley, by the way, was able to wear her helmet with the Statue of Liberty on it. A report had surfaced that the IOC and Team USA were talking about whether or not she'd be permitted to wear the mask with the statue oh, on it. Oh, come on. Just let her wear the mask. Whether it would be deemed... The money NBC's given them, they better let them... If she wanted to go out there braless, she could do uh, with a <laughs> sports bra, and they should have let her. As the uh, hmm. uproar uh, went on, both USA Hockey spokesperson Dave Fisher and IOC spokesman Mark Adams called the back and forth a misunderstanding. And so, in her shutout today, Hensley did wear hmm. her usual hmm. mask with the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, if they don't let us, you know, in Korea, we could just cut them off with the <laughs> aid, and then what would they do without our military equipment? <laughs> Who brought this story to the forefront, John? I mean, why do we know about this? Uh, boy, I started hearing the reports last evening. I'm not sure. Probably first Tucker Carlson would be my uh, guess. Yeah, <laughs> was it a nosy reporter, or was it the Olympic Committee themselves? Well, the Olympic Committee started it, apparently. Started the whole mess by saying, you know, perhaps it's a political statement, and she shouldn't be able to wear it. I'm not sure who first reported it, though. Okay. The IOC. So, okay. Lots of action locally here tonight. The Wolves are playing Houston at the Target Center. Uh, the Wild, they're playing the Rangers, not Washington. They're playing the Rangers tonight at the Excel Energy Center. Uh, Eden Prairie native and former Gopher Nick Sealer expected to make his NHL debut in that game. Uh, and the Minnesota Gophers, they've got a tough one, too. They're also at home. They play Michigan State. And by the way, if Trump had his way, Chloe Kim would not have been winning for us uh, in the half pipe because her parents would have never gotten over here from Korea. So she would have been winning a gold medal for South for Korea. South Korea. Yeah. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> uh, twins, uh, where you are, Patrick, of course, catchers and pitchers reporting today, but uh, things really get rolling tomorrow when manager Paul Molitor uh, gives him his uh, early season speech. 
After that, the first official workout of the 2018 season. He he kind of saves his real speech for uh, when everybody is here mm-hmm. next Monday, though. This is just kind of let's go out and pitch a little better than we did last year, boys, speech. So. And as oh. you've pointed out, they open their season March 29th wow. in Baltimore. All right. Thank you, John. You bet. Michigan State at Williams Arena tonight, uh, rated number two in the country. Very highly rated uh, entering this season. One big reason being Miles Bridges decided to come back for his sophomore year. One of the uh, shocks of all time. He was considered a one and done. I think he made a a good move. That that game of his needed some refinement, to say the least. Uh, But uh, Michigan State, uh, they started 2-2 in the Big Ten, and their first two wins were Maryland and Rutgers. And they lost at Ohio State, and they lost at home to Michigan. They were two and two, and uh, they in the middle of this eight-game winning streak, they've had to go through the uh, the mess with the uh, sexual assault uh, accusations stirred up again about uh, because of the Larry Nasser situation. Uh, a real close look has been taken at Michigan State and how they've handled sexual assault. And uh, D'Antonio has gone through a lot of that uh, with with football. And uh, what are they at, 16 cases or something like that? Yeah. Or 16 different players. Uh, and uh, the foot basketball uh, Izzo was put on the grill by that uh, the uh, reporter from ESPN in a post-game uh, news conference asked about uh, uh, some, uh, was it a grad assistant that they kind of all of a sudden got rid of, and then there were some accusations came up against him. Anyway, Izzo has been a saint there. I know some yeah. athletes from Michigan State, and they just absolutely uh, treat this guy with reverence. And they, the, you know, our friend Sarah Burnham, uh, who's a golfer there? She's a senior now. Uh, I know they. When I she talked about Izzo, it's just like he he takes an interest in all the athletes on campus. He's, uh, you know, he's 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 kind of roots for the women's teams and uh, shows up at uh, women's events and things like that. And he's been uh, extremely well respected. And uh, now he's uh, looking at this situation, and he does not uh, seem to be enjoying the number two, being the number two team in the country as much as he would have without this uh, this mess that they're dealing with. But he does uh, have a team that's starting to play better. They wanted Purdue 68-65, ended Purdue's, what was it, Manny, 13-game winning streak? I think it was like 13, yeah. 12, yeah, 13-game winning streak. Bridges is averaging 17.8. Nick Ward, who's a big, strong horse mm-hmm. in the middle, 13.1. Julius Langford, 12.7. Uh, they got a, another kid, uh, Cassius uh, Winstead. He's averaging 12.1. And then the freshman, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., he's a one and done, isn't he? Even though he's only averaging 11 points yeah. a game. But he's uh, he's one of their highest. He and getting Bridges back to back, him and Bridges back to back. Michigan State has not really had that many one and dones. They've had a lot of good players, but they have not. You know, I know they were in there. They were heartbroken when they lost Tyus. You know, because Izzo spent an incredible amount of time mm-hmm. trying to get Tyus. And in fact, I believe wasn't the story when Tyus was playing for the state title at Apple Valley that Izzo flew in and Flip picked him up at the airport and he was there. They played Saturday 
an earlier game in East Lansing on Saturday, and mm-hmm. Izzo flew in, Flip picked him up at the airport, and they went to see Tyus play that same night that hmm. that he also had a game for the state title. And that's they really put a lot of work into getting Tyus. And uh, Duke, uh, the, you know, Tyus went for the Coach K line of BS and ended up going down there and won a, won a uh, national you, you title. You had to get a Coach K chip set in there, didn't <laughs> Well, you? of course I did. How can you how can you have your choice between playing for Izzo or Coach K? And, uh, the trouble, I, I guess the appeal of, OA, of Duke now is, I mean, next year he's got one, two, three, and ten. Yeah. One, two, three, and ten. Isn't it amazing how that has that has completely changed with Duke now in the last oh, five sure. or six years? Where now, hey. I mean, now you know, fifteen years ago it was you were staying there till you were a senior. Oh yeah, know, that's all he talked about: graduation rate, a hundred percent. And and when Calipari first started the whole one and done program, they were looking down their nose at. It. Hey, yeah. nobody's ever talked more accurately in the history of the ride with Racy about Coach K than Brandon Lang. <laughs> On Monday, Brandon Lang called him out for the phony that he is. When was it? A week ago, Monday, right? Week ago, when did we have him on? Uh, was yeah, a week uh, ago. Wasn't Friday, it? I think. Didn't we have oh, him on Friday? Oh, Friday. That's yeah. right, Friday. He we had him on the, on, the, uh, on the Friday he wanted to come. He wanted to come out and brag about having had the, given everybody the Eagles. And <laughs> then also... Kind of the weekend, if anybody was listening who might want to make a bet. And you then, know, you brought you could... up, then you brought up Coach K, and that just hit a whole oh, other nerve yeah. with All him, right. man. Yeah. Well, he declared Belichick and Krzyzewski the two biggest frauds in American coaching, <laughs> which is not the common view of that thing. Yeah. You know, K is like 72 now. I mean, he's old. Why doesn't he? When the, he you know the what? Hair, the, hair is still, the hair is still jet black, though. Here's, here's what everybody, okay, I've finally made a decision. Everybody asks when I'm going to retire, when Coach K retires. That's when I'm going to retire. Okay? We're the same age, I think. He's 71. 71, or 72. yeah. He's 71 or 2. He'll, I'll retire yeah, he turns when he retires. Today. Today's his birthday. Really? Well, happy birthday, you fraud. So he said, yeah, he just turned 71 today, yeah. 71, okay. Well, and I'm older than him. But. That's when I'm going to retire. When Coach K retires, I'll retire. How about that? Because <laughs> somebody, somebody in America beyond Brandon Lang has to seek the truth for Coach K. You know, Mike Brandon Shusefsky, Lang and I. You know Mike Krzyzewski is going to coach till he's like 85, right? Yeah, well, then he probably will outlast me. So. <laughs> but uh, that's, you know, I I was getting called out today on how last year at this time, when I saw these reporters down there, I vowed I wouldn't be back this year, and <laughs> here I am. But uh, they, then they brought up my vow to retire after the Ryder Cup and a bunch of other things. But this is a new vow, and I'm sticking with it. When Coach K quits, I'm done. <laughs> we shall return with this day in history. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now... This day in history. Patrick? Manny, you know, a lot of people say things aren't as, you know, things just aren't as good as they used to be. Yeah. Well, 
They're a hell of a lot better than they were in 1633. We've made a lot of improvements in 385 years. On this day in 1633, Galileo, uh, the Italian philosopher, astronomer, and mathematician, arrived in Rome to face charges of heresy for ad- advocating the, uh, the uh, theory that the Earth revolved around the sun. Galileo officially faced the Roman Inquisition in April of that same year and agreed to plead guilty in exchange for a lighter sentence. He was put under house arrest indefinitely by Pope Urban VIII. Galileo spent the rest of his days at his villa uh, near Florence before dying in in 1642. he was the son of a musician. He was born in 1564, and he was quite a the philosopher. In 1589, he became a professor at Pisa for several years, and uh, he did all his research, and he came to believe that the earth revolved around the sun. The Roman Catholic Church was having none of this. They thought it was heresy, and they uh, pretty much uh, declared him a heretic. And he lived out his life. So Galilee, uh, I think he and uh, and uh, the uh, Copernicus, Nicholas Copernicus, uh, who came up with the theory first of a sun-centered solar system. I think they were onto something, don't you, Manny? It sounds like it. Sixteen thirty-three. In nineteen ninety-two, the Vatican formally acknowledged its mistake in condemning Galileo. Wait, it took a mean? while. 1992. They're not fast to act there at the Vatican. Oh, 19, it took them about three centuries. 1633 to 1992. Oh, okay. I guess this Earth does revolve around the sun. Okay, we're well, sorry, Galileo. Yeah, 300 years later. You and all your relatives, uh, <laughs> you know, they, you, I guess you weren't a heretic afterwards. So, plus... You know what else? Light and indoor plumbing. That's it. We've got those things, too, we didn't have in 1633. So that's, you know, a lot of improvements have been made in this world (laughs) since 1633. Things, uh, you know... I don't know what they thought about the NFL and concussions back then, but right. uh, anyway, uh, six, Galileo, innocent. We finally declared him innocent in 1992. We'll be back. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 